Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I've titled today's message, Look Now to Heaven. Look now to heaven. Right now, some of you are in a situation where you don't have anywhere else to look. <laughs> Maybe. But I want to encourage you today, you have somewhere to look. And I want to encourage you to look now toward heaven. Look now toward heaven. Because that's where your redemption is. That's where your answer is. And that name that we sing about today that is above every name really is powerful. It really is wonderful. This young mother was preparing breakfast for her two boys. One was five years old, the other one was three. And these boys are arguing over who's going to get the first pancake. So the mom, she's, you know, trying to instill some good things into her kids, some good morals, you know, and so she, she asked them to remember what would Jesus do. She said that Jesus would say, let my brother have the first pancake. So the five-year-old quickly turns to his younger brother and says, you play Jesus. <laughs> Bono and the Edge walk into a bar. Bartender says, oh, no, not you two again. Some of you will appreciate that. Thank you, David. Uh, all right, since I'm on a roll. You were talking about the sun this morning. I was thinking bread is a lot like the sun. You know, it rises in the yeast and sets in the waste. <laughs> Dad, are we pyromaniacs? Yes, we are, son. Thank you, Tony. Always one in the crowd. All right. Let's get into the word now. This is ridiculous. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. And I used up all the ones I had. All right. You asked for them. And you're like, no, we did not. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Now this, by son, it means sons and daughters. Okay, can we all handle that today? All two of us genders? Okay. My, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings, okay? Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those. Everybody say life to those. Life to those who particularly find them and health to all their flesh. Thank you, Lord, for this time together with your people. Thank you, Lord, for this word that is everlasting, it's powerful. All the potential, Lord, of, of every good thing of God is found in your word. Thank you, Lord, for the authority that your word carries. And we give attention to it now. We take this moment to set our hearts on it, our minds, our ears, because, Lord, we need it. We need your power in our lives. We, we need to know what that, what our Christian experience the power that's in it, Lord, brings to our lives in this workaday world that we live in, in this natural world, Lord, in, in this world full of troubles. Lord, we, we need to see the power of the Christian life, what that looks like, what it means to be connected to God who with him all things are possible. 
We need to know your power. We need to see the evidence of it in our lives. And we know that it's found, Lord, in the seed of your word. In your word, Lord, there is every possibility. So we, we give attention to it now. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ to be upon every hearer, Lord. Those that are here in this room right now in this service, those that will be uh, online with this, Lord, uh, and, and Lord, those that are listening by podcast, I thank you, Lord, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation knows no bounds. And so we thank you for your word and we welcome it in Jesus' name. Amen. It says, give attention, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. I want to just give this thought to you. Now, we're talking about looking to heaven, all right? When you open up your Bible, you're looking to heaven. You're looking now to heaven. In the beginning was the Word, right? The Word was where? With God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. So when, when we're looking to the word, we are looking to heaven itself. It's not just physically looking up, even though we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but we're talking about the word of God is how we get heaven's perspective, how we get heaven's, the truth of as it is in heaven here on the earth. Okay. So my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, give intentional attention to the word. You have to be more intentional today, probably more than ever, because there are all kinds of things that are vying for your attention, aren't there? A lot of you are looking at something right now in your hand that's vying for your attention, right? Instagram is vying for, what are these other ones? TikTok, Twitter, your Twitter webs. Are vying for your attention. There's notifications that are coming up constantly, right? Look at this photo that this person posted. They posted somebody. Somebody commented on this thing that you were linked in, or, or you know whatever. So there's always this stuff trying to grab our attention. Attention is a concentration of the mind on a single object or thought with a view to limiting or clarifying receptivity by narrowing the range of stimuli, all right? So you have to narrow the range of stimuli. In other words, you got to turn some noises off in your, in your life. I, I wasn't sure if I'd get an amen there, and I, I didn't. Okay, you got to turn some of the noises off in your life, right? You've, you've, got, you've got TV, you've got if you're a radio listener, whatever, internet, or all of them that are all-inclusive in the smartphone, right? You've got everything there. You need to narrow that range of stimuli so that you can listen. And really, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Ears to hear. It can, it can be in one ear and out the other, but Jesus said you need to be in, give intentional attention. Kind of like my wife, she told me she says, uh, that I had two faults. One is I don't listen, and I don't remember the other one. Uh, the <laughs> cup, cup the hand is what this means, to, to incline you. To, you know how when you're trying to hear somebody, you cup your hand to listen, to listen in, to lean in. Uh, so this is what we're giving intentional attention to the word. Lean in, listen to what the word of God says, because it's life to those who find it. And the Holy Spirit will teach you as you do. He'll teach you. Ask the Lord whenever you look into the word of God. Ask him to show you. 
Don't let just, I don't understand it, keep you from reading it. You'll never get understanding with that kind of thinking. Well, I just don't get much out of it. Keep reading. Keep, I promise you. The Bible is not there for you to misunderstand. It's, it's how we understand the Lord. Okay? So uh, find a version that might be a little bit more readable to you. If you don't, you know, like the King James Version. Uh, I, I grew up on the King James Version, so I understand Understand it because I, I was raised on it, but I don't prefer to read King James Version. I, I personally am New King James, but even that is difficult for some people. But there's all kinds of really good versions out there that you can read that will help you get understanding. New Living Translation, I'll just give you a couple to think about to consider. New Living Translation is a good one. Or if you want to just get right down to the poetic expression of the scriptures, read the message. It's pretty awesome. All right. If you're one of those who likes to dig and to, to understand the, the, the meanings of the words, the, basically all the, all the descriptions of this Greek word or this Hebrew word, then I recommend the Amplified Version of the Bible. You're going to see lots of parentheses and lots of commas in those passages of Scripture because it illuminates basically the whole thought. Um, but just for everyday kind of reading, I like to go to the New Living Translation if I'm just going to read for a while. I'm not necessarily going to get real in-depth studying done, but I just want to read just for the reading pleasure of the Scriptures. All kinds of options and ways. Some people like the NIV, the nearly inspired version. If that's you, go for it. <laughs> uh, the Passion Translation is another one that's kind of uh, akin to the, uh, to the message. Uh, and I'm careful to call the message a translation of the Scriptures because that's not how Eugene Peterson who wrote it meant it to be a, a to be measured against like King James or anything like that. He did it as a poetic expression of the scriptures, and we have to keep that where it is. All right. So, the Spirit of the Living God though will illuminate things to you if you'll give your attention to the scriptures. All right. And it, and 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 I wouldn't go to the scriptures thinking you need to read a certain amount. Just open the Word. All right. And if you're wondering where to go, start in Ephesians. All right, just start in Ephesians. The, the, the letters of the Apostle Paul are the ones that we live in. All right, those are the ones that are relevant to us, speaking directly to us. Now, they're, all the Bible is for us, but not all of it's to us, right? So we, we, we learn things from other places, but we live in those letters of Paul. He was the one, the Apostle called to the Gentiles. So that's, that's, that's in the living room of your life, okay? So just... I want to encourage you. Romans is a, is a great book to read, but I would say, like again, Ephesians is kind of one of those well-rounded uh, books to, to start in because it's so well-balanced. It's six chapters. You've heard me say this, but I'm going to keep reminding you of this. It's six chapters. The first three chapters are all about your position in Christ. You see the term in Christ, in him, in him, in him, in him, in him, over and over again. He helps us understand that we are now in Christ Jesus. That's an incredible thing. And the next three chapters are about how to live, your practice as a Christian, right? How to walk, walk as children of light. Talks about how husbands and wives should treat one another, how children should honor and obey their, their parents, and, and very, very simple life instructions. But you cannot really know what to do unless you first understand who you are and where you are in him. Now that you are in Christ, that changes everything. When you get the revelation of now I am in Christ and Christ is in me, well, then living the Christian life isn't really all that difficult. It's just, really, it's just you bearing fruit. 
you bearing fruit, not having to work for it, just living your life for him and in him. And he says here to give attention to it. So it first starts with just taking that moment to, like I said, to, to reduce the stimuli in your life and give attention to the word of God. Uh, we, it's why we do podcasts. Uh, you can listen to these sermons. Uh, uh, we have a whole library of, since I don't remember how long ago we started this, but, but it's at least as recent as 2013. Is that right, Jesse? Somewhere around there? Somewhere. So in the last eight years, we've got eight years of messages. You can go to and just listen to the word preach. You get some pretty good teaching. I don't recommend only listening to me, but, me, but mostly. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys are fun. Okay. Yeah. Do not let them, verse 21 of Proverbs 4 says, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, what he's saying is see it and believe it. See it with your eyes and then believe it with your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. But you're not going to know what to believe unless you don't first see it or if you don't first hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so hope is, the, is a positive picture of your future supported by God's promises. And we all need hope, and God offers hope that does not disappoint. But hope is something as I think it was, I know it is, in Hebrews it says that hope is the anchor for our soul. It's sure and it's steadfast. All right, let's go to Galatians now, chapter 3, for a moment. And we're going to look at a guy by the name of Abraham. If you've been here for two or three services, you've probably heard me talk about him. But it's important that we talk about him because he's the father of our faith. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. That says it pretty clearly, doesn't it? And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. How are you justified or made right with God or, or declared innocent? By faith, right? It's that simple. By faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. And we've talked about this before, but how did the scriptures preach to Abraham when the scriptures weren't even written yet? They weren't written until 400 years later, 430 years later approximately, by the hand of Moses, who began to pen the scriptures. So this is hundreds of years before, but this says the scripture preached to Abraham. Did, did Paul get it wrong here? No, he didn't get it wrong. In, in Galatians chapter 15 and verse 1, actually, before we do that, let's, let's look at John chapter 8. Let's bring that up on the screen, John chapter 8. Now, Jesus here, just stay with me. I'm taking you somewhere. I promise you there is some sense to be made with all of this. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. All right, so Jesus is talking to these Jews who are, are arguing with him, right? And they're having this debate. And they're saying, we're of Abraham, Abraham as our father and, and trying to, you know, make their uh, statement as, as Jews that we, we don't know what you're talking about. We're already free because Jesus said, he whom the son sets free is free indeed. Or I actually said, uh, um, you shall know the truth. That's it. And the truth shall make you free. And they said, we're already free. We're, what are you talking about? We're children of Abraham. And then Jesus is talking about, well, if you're children of Abraham, then you would have loved me. Right, Because Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced. Well, 
wait a second, here's another chronological issue, right? There's no, how did Abraham see Jesus? How did that happen? He's 14 generations prior to Jesus. Actually, no, he's 28 generations prior to Jesus. Well, that happened on the mountain when Abraham is offering up Isaac. Remember, and Abraham turned and saw the ram caught in the thicket. And so he took that ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering to God instead of his son showing us Jesus being our substitute to die for our sins. And this is what Abraham rejoiced. He saw Jesus when he saw that ram. And Genesis 15 Verse one, and we'll go back, going back to the scriptures preaching to Abraham, which, you know, they weren't written yet, but it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a what? It came to Abram, this is before his name was Abraham, to Abram in a vision. The word didn't, didn't say the word came in, a, in his hearing. It says it came in a vision. So Abraham saw it. He saw the word. The word of the Lord came to him in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. In other words, he's talking about his number one servant, Eliezer, who who worked for Abram, the foreman of his ranch, if you will. Uh, He says, this guy's gonna get the inheritance because I don't have any kids is what he's saying. So he's asking this because God has talked to him three times prior to this and mentioned him as Abram or Abraham being a great nation and that his descendants would inherit the land that God was giving him and that kings would come from him and and all this kind of stuff. And so Abram's finally, you know, I, I, I think he's a little frustrated here. So the Lord says, I'm your exceeding great reward. And Abram's, okay, wait a second. What are you gonna give me? Seeing I go childless. So you've been telling me this for going on 10 years. I was 75 when you told me I was going to have descendants, and now I'm closer to 85 now, and I'm nowhere closer to that thing what you promised me, and everything still looks the same. Nothing has changed, and yet here you come again throwing this stuff at me. Anybody relate to Abram here? Huh? Well, I don't see any circumstantial evidence to tell me otherwise, Lord. Seeing, I go childless. See, I don't even have a beginning of what you're saying. You're talking about, you're showing me this harvest of descendants when I don't even have one seed. So what are you going to give me? Lord, I need to see something is what he's saying. Come on, anybody need to see something today? You might need to see something in your life. Lord, I need to see something. All right, I know that you're, you're a supernatural, invisible God and all things are possible with you. And I know that everything that I can see is all being held together by your invisible word that you spoke in the beginning. But I need, it to, I need to see it in my life. I need to see it in my marriage. I need to see it with my kids. I need to see it in my physical body. I need to see it in my finances. I need to see what you're talking about. I need to see this promise. I'm waiting for it. What are you going to give me? And Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. You have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. So, okay, Lord, what I need you to do is actually look at my situation. I feel like you're, you're not looking at where I am. 
I feel like you're only telling me what you see. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're not looking at where I am. Because what you're telling me is really quite far of where I actually am. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one, talking about Eliezer, shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Now imagine that, from your own body. Well, Lord, I ain't getting any younger. So now I'm 85 and you're telling me from my own body. Then he brought him outside. And watch this. Now this is that God brought Abram outside and said, look now toward heaven. Count the stars. All right, you need your eyes to see something? All right, I'm going to give you a physical picture of something. All right, since you can't seem to see it here in the words, if you've got to see it, here you go. Look now at the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And look what happened. And he believed in the Lord. And God accounted it to him for righteousness. Look now toward heaven. Heaven is the standard. That's why we pray on earth as it is in heaven. It is where the word of God, therefore the, the will of God is fully established. Isn't that what David said? Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And wherever the word of God is settled, his will is fully accomplished. All right, but we don't see the will of God fully accomplished in the earth many times because we're not opening our mouths declaring his will in the earth. We're saying things as they are, not calling those things that be not as though they are. Right? Saying things as they are doesn't change things. And, 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 and it will not change things. Now, it's one thing to acknowledge things as they are. Let, let me just, you know, clarify that. That, all right, this is the way things are. But, but we need something else besides just knowing things as they are. Especially things that need to change. And you are the agents of change because you are people of faith. And people of faith are people who, uh, who understand that anything's possible by faith. Amen. Right? People who take God at his word and say, okay, this is what you said. So I'm going to say what you say because I see it and I believe what you're saying. I don't see it necessarily with my physical eyes, but I see it by faith. Yeah. So I believe it. And so if that's going to happen, then I have to get that building material out there called these words, speak into this situation, speak into my circumstances so I can see those things change, right? But you know, how many people really believe that? Or how many people really act on that? The cooksies do. <laughs> count the stars if you're able to, to number them. Look now toward heaven and count the stars. In other words, God is saying, okay, let me show you what I see. Let me give you at least a, some kind of glimpse of what I see. The only two things I want your natural eyes now to, to focus on, Abram or Abraham, I'm going to give you two pictures here. Stars, and what was the other one? Sand. Stars and sand. Your, your descendants are going to be like the sand 
and your descendants are going to be like the stars. Innumerable. Go ahead and try to count them. Try. Because what I want you to see, I want you to connect to those, st those stars in that sand is that's my promise. And it's more than you can, you can count. It's more than you could ask or think. It's abundant. And it's real, just as real as those stars are and just as real as that sand is because the stars in the sand came from my word. And long before you were here, Abraham, the stars in the sand were here. As a matter of fact, before I even created man himself, I created the stars and I created the sand. And then I put man on here on the earth to partner with me to show him and her how to rule and reign over the stars in the sand. Subdue the earth. Have dominion. I made it out of nothing, Abraham. I can make anything out of nothing. I'm quite the expert when I'm faced with something that is formless and void. I can make something happen in formless and void. I did. And if I've done it before, I can do it again. Your situation may very well look formless and void. <laughs> That's good. Because God's with you. And he can and he will do something marvelous for you. But you have to believe him. See that promise and believe that promise for yourself. Believe what God has said. Because God says, Abraham, I'm showing you what's really yours and what you're going to have. But you have to stop looking at where you are and at what you don't have. Okay? And he said, so shall your descendants be, verse 6, and he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So when you look into the word of God, you're looking, really, you're looking into a mirror. God is showing you what life can be and what is his intended purpose for you. You are the righteousness of God. You wouldn't know that except for the word. Right? You are healed. You wouldn't know that except that's what the word says. And when you see that in the word, guess what? Oh. So, so, then, so then I don't have to be sick. Because that's what the word says. I'm not cursed because his word says I'm blessed. So I've, I've been hanging, I've been believing this, this whole thing that's been passed down to me. Well, my mama had it, my grandma had it, so it's just the way it is in our family. We're just angry. We're just angry people. Got my mother's temper, got my daddy's temper. Come on, do we hear this all the time? We hear this stuff all the time. We just, we just take what's handed to us. Hmm? I like that. No. But, you know, it's interesting... It's interesting how you'll start, like when we go to Oklahoma and we go see my family up there in Oklahoma. You know why Oklahoma hasn't, or Texas hasn't fallen into the ocean? Because it's clinging for life to Oklahoma. Uh-huh. That don't fly in Oklahoma. Even though they say the birds fly upside down up there. Is there ain't nothing worth? No, never mind. Okay. Where's that Arkansas? Arkansas right? All right. 
<laughs> All right, I went from preaching to meddling. Okay. But I found that Heather, Heather, like, she reminds me of this from time to time. She's like, who are you? Because I get around my relative, and I just start to talking like this again, just like I did when I was a kid. She's like, what happens to you? I don't know what happens. Like, we cross the Red River, and you just turn into a redneck. I'm like, honey, this is who I really am. I'm just dressing up right now. But when you get here, I just go, oh, I'm relaxed. I'm home. I am plum home. I found this cassette one time. We used to listen to it of when me and my brother and sister were kids and sit there and listen to our accents when we were kids. Ow, oh, I hurt my finger. Finger? My sister got upset on this, uh, on this cassette. I don't know what. We just hit recorded and we were just living our lives around it. And my mother was getting on to my sister. And, and so she told her that she was going to give her a whipping. And my sister's crying. I mean, she, she had to have been uh, four, five years old. And she's going, no, I didn't remember. I didn't remember. And then my brother speaks at me and says, she told you about 50 times. <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm like, who are these people that I'm listening to on here? But you know, I realized something that you're in the atmosphere. You're, you get in the environment of a certain accent. It's amazing how you'll start sounding like them. Hmm? When you stay in the atmosphere of these promises of the Word of God, see, you're going to sound like you've been talking to somebody else. You're going to get a whole new accent in life. And people are going to listen to you talk, talking positive, talking hope in these perilous pandemic times, and they're going to go, you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> no, I'm actually not. I'm from heaven. I'm of a kingdom that's not of this world. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Praise God. I speak for heaven. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That's what verse 22 of Proverbs 4 said. They are life to those. What are life to those who find them? The words of God. Life to those who find them. Man, boy, didn't Abraham learn this all too well. Now remember, Abraham, by the time Isaac, his promised son, was born, Abraham is 100 years old. Remember, he has this little fit with God at almost 85. What are you going to give me seeing I go childless? And then he believes in the Lord. Our Abraham's now in faith. Guess what? 15 more years goes by. 15 more years of Abraham, though, being reminded of this promise. He steps out of his tent, first thing in the morning, he looks out over this vast landscape of sand. There's my promise. Those are my kids. He peers out that tent doorway at night, looks up into the night sky, and there they are again. His eyes are full of the promise all the time. My dad used to say it like this. Even when Abraham was having a bad day, his head's hanging low, he's still looking at his promise. <laughs> And when he's having a really good night, he's got his head up. There it is. There it is. The promise is still true. The promise is still true. These constant reminders to believe the promise God made him. One year goes by, two years goes by. Fifteen years later, here's Isaac. And Abraham became fully persuaded, the book of Romans teaches us, that God was able to perform 
what he promised. He didn't even, he no longer considered his own body nor the deadness of his wife's womb because she's 90 years old. Didn't no longer consider those in this, in this faith calculation. He just believed, God, if you said it, you're able to do it. That's all I need to know. So I'm not worried, about, I'm not putting a time limit on it because obviously that doesn't mean anything to you because you waited till I got this old before you started making these outlandish promises. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything to him. He just needs you to believe what he said. No matter what time, no matter what age, no matter when, no matter where, no matter who. I mean, Abraham found this promise to be true so much so, and he got so full of this promise, and he got so healed. How healed did he get? Thanks for asking. He got so healed that by the time he's 140 years old, Sarah dies. You know what Abraham does? I'm getting remarried and starting a new family. 140. And the Bible says when he was 100, he was as good as dead at this point. I mean, he was old at 100. But now the word of God is bringing life to him and health to all of his flesh. And when he realized I can have eyes, I said, well, shoot, man, I, this promise is real. It's got to still be intact because the promises of God are yes and amen. Amen. If he's the same yesterday, he's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. He's the same forever. So, all right, I'm feeling so good. 140 years old. So he marries this woman by the name of Keturah, who was actually a handmaid to his wife. And so his wife dies. He's like, Keturah, you know, I've been looking at you <laughs> since you already live here. Let's go ahead and get married and has six more kids. Six more kids. And finally... He breathes his last on the earth at 175 years old. God came to Abraham at 75 and gave him 100 more years. The word is life to those who find it. Look to heaven. Look now to heaven. Lord, we look now to heaven. We look now to heaven. Because there is no sickness there. There is no darkness there. There's no hatred there. There's no violence there. There's no division there. There's no death. There's no depression. There's no sadness. There's no lack. We look now to heaven and we say, let it be here as it is there. We believe your word today. We will be determined to take you at your word and to live in the reality of your promises. We don't want just what the earth provides. We want the promises activated in our lives. I'll finish with this. In 2017, what year was that? It was like third, our third trip to southern India. At this time, we took... Several, we took a team with us because we did a kids crusade. Because I've been doing this pastor's conference there, and then I noticed how many kids were around there, just everywhere. And my heart just went out for the kids, and I told the pastor that we support there on a monthly basis. Pastor Alan, I said, Alan, I want to do something for the kids. He said, oh, that would be wonderful. And so we, we decided we would do like a kids, uh, like a vacation Bible school, you know. And, and, and Pastor Alan said, well, Pastor, I just want you to know. He said, normally... These kids' things aren't real well attended. He said, you know, we try to do things for, for the kids from time to time, but just, just I don't want you to get your hopes up, you know, too much. And, and I, I said, well, I still would like to do something for them, you know. And since we have the pastors here, we might as well do something for the kids. 
Well, we got there, and Pastor Alex was, was with us this time, and he was helping lead as one of the leaders of the kids' crusade. And, and the first day, we, we did three days, all right? So the first day, we have 100 kids show up. So Pastor Allen's blown away. He's like, I've never seen this many kids show up to any event. Like, this is amazing. Day three, by day three, these kids are talking. 500 kids are at the third night. It was, it was amazing. Well, during this time, uh, the night before the last day, all right? So uh, the <clears throat> actually earlier, earlier in that afternoon, we'd gone out, we were doing some sightseeing and we were down at the very southern tip of India that's an area called Kanyakumari. And Kanyakumari is, is like a tourist attraction. They've got these real pretty uh, uh, sculptures and things. Some of them are out actually in the ocean and uh, it's a beautiful area. And, there's, and, and the, the team could go do some shopping, you know, buy some uh, little trinkets to take home to the family. And um, so as we're there, y'all you know, remember Jesse Fagan, Jesse and Mickey, Jesse used to play bass and guitar here. And anyway, so Jesse and I, we decided we want to buy something from a street vendor. And this guy is, is um, he's deep frying these peppers. Like they almost look like, like banana peppers that they're really, really big. And, and he's got this batter on, they look like corn dogs almost with the kind of batter on them, you know? And, and uh, I'm like, man, that's state fair food right there. Let's get a, let's get one of those. So we get one of those peppers, Jesse and I, and we're eating this pepper together as we're walking around. Well, I don't know, about three hours later, both of us are puking our guts up. I thought, oh yeah, that's probably what, probably wasn't a wise decision to be down here in Southern India without knowing, <laughs> knowing they have no health codes for their food down there, especially the street vendors. And so we both got violently sick, violently sick. I've never thrown up so hard in my life. And so it's just like every few minutes, it's the same thing over and over again. I have a pastor's conference to finish up the next day. So I go to bed as quickly as I can. I'm laying there in bed, and I'm telling you, on the clock, every 15 minutes, I'm up hitting the restroom again. I don't even know. I'm like, how? what else can I throw up? And about 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm still sick. I'm, I'm, I'm just swimming. And I said, God, I need your help. I cannot be sick. Lord, I don't come to India because it's on the way somewhere. I came here to bring your word, to train up these pastors, and I need your help. I don't know what else to do. We've taken you know, little medications here and there, but God, I need you to help me, and I thank you. Your word says that you came and healed me. You sent your word and healed me. I did. I just laid down and was confessing the word of God. I said, thank you, Lord, knowing that I had to get up at 6.30. So I had an hour and a half from then. God had an hour and a half to do something. I fell asleep, and I mean, I went into a deep sleep. Woke up at 6.30 like I had 10 hours of sleep, perfectly whole. Went upstairs at the at the at the restaurant there at the hotel, ordered eggs, bacon, buttered toast, ate everything on the plate, was completely healed, and finished out that conference strong, preaching the word, training up these pastors. I'm telling you right now, the word of God is alive. The promises of God are true, and God is faithful to those who will dare to see it, to believe it, to confess it over your life, 
Take God at his word because I promise you his word will never fail you. Look now toward heaven. Open up that Bible and look at that, read that, the words of heaven. Speak them into your own life. Amen. It doesn't matter what I feel. doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Thank you, Lord. Right now, if you're here and you're facing some kind of physical challenge, I want you to just raise your hand where you're sitting. Or maybe you're having some mental issues. You're, you're fighting anxieties and fears and, you know, craziness up here. We all go through it. I want to just encourage you. I want to give you some word right now because I want you to hear this word. I want you to believe it, okay? Psalms chapter 105 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease. All your disease. All your disease. That's every sickness. That's every pain. That's every discomfort. That is every disease. He heals all of them. Who redeems your life from destruction. I want you to hear those words and believe those words for your life today. These are his benefits. And he came to heal. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And if you're having some mental anguish right now, you're, you can't seem to get your, your, your thoughts together. You're kind of in a cloud or maybe you're just anxious thinking a lot. It's keeping you up. It's keeping you stirred up. It's keeping you angry. It's keeping you sad. Whatever it may be, I want you to know right now, God has not given you, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That is God's promise to you. That's what he's given to you. So you need to give him your anxious, anxious thoughts. Say, Lord, I'm going to make an exchange with you right now. I'm giving you these cares. I'm giving you these fears. I'm giving you these worries. And I'm taking what you came to give me. I declare I have a sound mind in Jesus' name. This is not going to continue to torment me and run my life. I'm taking what God has given me, and I'm not settling for anything less in the name of Jesus. You are the healed. You have a sound mind, Lord. I thank you right now that not only you bore our sicknesses, our calamities, our physical and our mental pains, Lord. We thank you for that. Every disease, every infirmity in Jesus' name, I thank you that you bore it in your body upon that tree. You carried it, Lord, for us so that we, your body was broken so that our bodies would be made whole and our minds would be sound in Jesus' name. And I declare that right now. I thank you for the anointing right now that is here in this room that is upon this word that is breaking every yoke that is tearing down every every burden in Jesus name removing it and breaking every chain in the mighty name of Jesus thank you right now we believe that it is done not because we have the the circumstantial evidence necessarily it might happen right now praise God but because the word of God is true and because the word is true and because we believe it, it will manifest in our lives. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for it. Look now to heaven because it is rightfully your inheritance. As it is there, so you have a right to it as the children of God. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Now may the Lord bless you and may he keep you and may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you in all of your house and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. 
For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.